If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call 131355. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Yes, they are the boys back in town indeed. Origin 3. It's a very good morning. Thanks for pulling on the rhyme with me for the next three hours. Question to kick it off today. Who is our best athlete this century? 13, 13, 736, I gave you homework on this yesterday and I did kick off the show yesterday saying, right, we're going to get into, into this. Uh, but then obviously the breaking news coming out of the Suns with Stewie Jew, it sent us a bit uh, astray. So, who is our best athlete this century? It came up yesterday after an article was written saying that Sam Kerr, the Matildas captain, is the best athlete since Kathy Freeman, since 2000. We'll get into the criteria and stuff, but we'll have a bit of fun today, as we do on Origin Day, because history beckons for the Maroons. That's right. Uh, the Origin will be dominating the next three hours. Um, there is something about Origin Day, isn't there? There's something about opening up. Even though it's series sealed, I'm not going to use the word and the phrase dead rubber, because there is no such thing in State of Origin. We have a chance to make history tonight. The Maroons, Billy Slater's men, he's ever, ever lost one State of Origin match. They have a chance to become the eighth team ever to clean sweep a series. Coming up after 10, we'll be hearing from the Origin Oracle himself, Mal Meninga. Plenty to dive into with him. Um, we'll be hearing from both camps before midday. Uh, Cameron Smith up uh, for the Maroons uh, and the Blues. Probably Brandy Alexander. We haven't had confirmation of who will be talking there, but we'll take you inside both camps today. And I cannot wait for this. In the next half hour, he's making his way to Brisbane Airport now, he and the family. Rick Horsburgh, Corey's dad. He's a debutante for Queensland, making his origin appearance for the first time. And this family is just like you and me. Southeast Queensland running around multiple sports with four kids over the last couple of decades and what they've gone through, what they've been through. But we're also going to get an insight into the sporting prowess of Corey Horsburgh. Yes, he's a big red-headed firebrand from the Raiders making his way into state of origin, but athletically gifted he played two grand finals as a junior player, a junior sportsman, a junior athlete, at age 16 in two different sports on the same day. Just let that sink in for a moment. You do the Saturday and Sunday sports run and training with the kids. You've got a child who's playing in two grand finals, footy grand finals, one AFL, one rugby league on the same day. And he did it 
and guess what? Won both premierships. Think of the logistics behind that. We're going to get an insight into the newest Maroon, Corey Horsburgh, from his dad, Rick. We'll do that in the next uh, 20 or so minutes, uh, depending on traffic when they're heading to the airport. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Plenty to talk about today. Plenty to talk about Mal- with Mal Meninga too. But one question I want to put to the big fella, James Tedesco. He is the Australian captain. He's our World Cup winning captain. He's Mal's captain for the Kangaroos. But, geez, the form he's been in this year, should he be New South Wales captain for Game 3? It's a question I want to ask. The currency of captaincy. And your insight into this too would be valuable. How many times have we seen someone maybe a little bit out of form still get picked because of external factors. And, and and I mean the traits that they have. The captain. Dropping a captain, massive call. Could that what New South Wales needs? Well, no, he is going to be playing tonight. Freddie didn't go down that path. But what is the currency that the captaincy brings? How much does that weigh into selection? I'd think a fair bit. I want to get inside the mind of Mel Meninga, James Tedesco. Um, let's hope he doesn't have a blinder tonight because him at his best is absolutely destructive. He, he's heard the noise whilst he admits to not reading or watching reports on it. He does know himself that he's not playing his best footy. I don't really read. I don't obviously read anything or uh, read articles, but you can obviously... You know it's there and you can feel it. But I think for me it's just about, as I said, if I'm done on what's happened in the, in the past, I can't do anything about that. Well, there you go, James Tedesco. That was speaking yesterday, open and frank, and basically saying that he needs to live in the moment. Otherwise, if he's thinking about the past, he's just going to be playing like he has done in the past. But the currency of captaincy, where, where does it weight in your, and not just in rugby league, but in any sport, where does it weight in your selection criteria. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. We've heard from the Australian coach too, Andrew McDonald's, on the Ashes selection. They've got a week off the – well, they've got a week until the next Ashes test, the fourth Ashes test. Um, they do have a few days R&R where the Australian coaches will be putting their heads together, the selectors, uh, to figure out which way to go as far as David Warner, Mitch Marsh – uh, does Josh Hazelwood come back in where Cameron Green's at uh, as the show winds on? We'll hear from Andrew McDonald on that, on where he thinks Mitch Marsh sits and David Warner, is he guaranteed a spot in our Ashes team? I know it's something we spoke to Darren Lehman about yesterday. Um, we've got plenty uh, plenty of intel on that from Buff, but also from you and your text messages yesterday. But cannot wait to hear this from the uh, Australian coach too, Andrew McDonald, as the day winds on. Brisbane is officially the sporting capital of Australia. You might go, yeah, of course we are. Melbourne, no, but it's official. There's rankings and they are out on a world stage. I'll be taking you through them before midday today. But first off, who is our greatest athlete since Kathy Freeman? And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. Yeah, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. We're going to do it a bit differently today. We're going to have a bit of fun because yesterday Code Sport had an article out there saying that Kathy Freeman obviously had the weight of the world on her shoulders and was the world's best 
in 2000 at the Olympics, the world champion and a home games, that weight of expectation. We've heard Patty Welsh talk about it uh, for so long. And we know that now that weight of expectation and being the favorites, uh, or at least a hometown favorite for the women's FIFA world cup now rests on the shoulders of Sam Kerr. And there was an argument put forward that Sam Kerr is Australia's greatest athlete since Kathy Freeman. And you just go, oh, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. We, we've had a few. We've had a few goodies over the last 20 years, haven't we? But when you bust it down and work out some criteria, there may be some merit in this. The sport that they play in must be on the world stage. Big. Now, unfortunately, that rules out rugby league. Because rugby league is big in Queensland and New South Wales. Massive. We know that. And in basically a 100-mile radius of the north of England. PNG. But as far as participation rates on a global stage, rugby league is not up there. So we're talking global markets, athletes from all parts of the world, participation numbers. I'd like to think that India, China, and America, based on the size of population and marketing, would have to be in the mix. So sports that fall under that realm, that would be our first criteria to kick off. Then when you're looking at our best athlete in the last 23 years this century, since Kathy, they'd have to be top of their sport as well. Either a world champion or world number one. I'm thinking of our world number ones over the last 20 odd years in different sports. And on a global stage, golf would fit there. Tennis would fit there. What else would fit there? Golf, we've had Adam Scott and Cam Smith as world number ones. But the longevity of that. Leighton Hewitt was even there, world number one. But how long was he world number one? So that's another part of the criteria you've got to think of, the longevity. So yes, being the world's best, yes, being on the world stage, and the longevity for it. Sam Kerr's right up there. She's played 286 games at the professional level since 2008, over 200 goals. For the Matildas, 120 times she's represented our country. She's the all-time leading Australian goal scorer, but that doesn't fit into the criteria. Just because you're doing well for Australia, where does that sit on the world stage? She's won eight trophies with Chelsea. That's huge. Four consecutive Super League titles in the UK. That's pretty big. She's won the ESPY, which is in America, ESPN, their awards, World Sporting Awards, as the best international women's soccer player three times. Okay, now we're getting into the realm of things, aren't we? We know that football, soccer, is the biggest sport on the planet. So that carries a fair bit of weight. Every country plays it. And the fact that a girl from Perth who started off playing AFL, following in her brother's footsteps, has then turned her trade to football to soccer and is one of the world's best, there's a fair argument to say that she is. But then I look through 
other stats, Kathy, and to compare it with Kathy Freeman, so a Commonwealth Games in gold in 1990, a two-time world champion in 400 metres. She won gold, obviously, in Sydney 2000, silver uh, in 96 uh, at Atlanta, and she's a three-time Olympian. So there's our base. There's our line. Let me have a look at other sports. Again, based on that criteria, our swimmers would have to be up there, wouldn't they? Of course they would. Kate Campbell, world champion, world records. She's vying to go for her fifth Olympics in Paris. Whether she gets her or not, yet to be seen. She's got to be in the conversation, doesn't she? Then you look at Lauren Jackson, basketball. That American market, a WNBA, she was the number one draft pick back in 2000. She's played for the Opals at the Sydney Olympics, so the same time as Kathy, at just 19. She's won four medals at the Olympics, three silver and a bronze. And then there was the World Championships in 2006. I've got a page here, an entire page of her achievements on the world stage. She's got to be in that conversation. The one that really jumped out at me, Ash Barty. World number one in tennis, played in every country in the world, has held the world number one ranking for 121 weeks. 121 weeks. So well over two years. She's earned more than $23 million in prize money. That's 15th of all time. 12 career titles, three grand slams, Wimbledon, French, and the Oz Open. I reckon she's in the grand final for being our best. As I'm going through this list that we've started to compile here, and I want to add to this, this is where you come in. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. And there's incentive for you as well. We've got doubles to give away to our exclusive Origin Party tonight at the Sporting Globe. For the best caller, the best input of the day, we've got two of these to give away. Females seem to be dominating. No issue with that. Our women are some of the best on the planet at what they do. But here's my roughie. One from outside, who I reckon is in the grand final with Ash Barty, and he's a Queenslander too, the boy from Rocky, Jamie Dwyer, hockey player, yep, Kookaburra. Since 2001 to 2016, so he falls within the, the range of what we're talking about this century. He's played 326 games for Australia, scored 215 goals. He's a two-time International Player of the Year in 2004 and 2007. In 2007, he was named captain of the World All-Stars team. So the best players on the planet, he was their captain. He's won an Olympic gold, two Olympic bronze. World Cups, championship tro- champion tro- champions trophies and Commonwealth Games. He's been there and done it all. World Cups, two gold, two silver. Champions Trophy, six gold, three silver, three Commonwealth gold medals. India is a massive hockey nation. We know that. Played all over the world. May not be the biggest sport in this country, but on a global stage, Jamie Dwyer is ticking all the 
all the boxes. There's a few for you. Who would you put and who would you say is our greatest athlete of this century? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. 19 minutes past nine on this Origin 3. Oh, Origin Wednesdays. How good are they? Over to you next. Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call 13, 13 55. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. See, the moment Slam and Sam endears himself, he then just throws it all out the window like a typical New South Welshman. Taylor Swift, that was Taylor Swift does not get on this program ever again. Her farce of a ticket thing, I spent hours of my life, I'm not getting back, trying to get Taylor Swift tickets for my daughter and what a joke that turned out to be. So even though she had this, what was that, Red, the name of the song? Yeah, and it leads us into Corey Horsburgh. I know, I know. I reckon getting a giggle of that is my next guest. Look, there's five million proud Queenslanders uh, sitting around watching and listening to State of Origin tonight, but I reckon, I reckon none more so than this fella. Rick Horsburgh is on his way to the airport, on his way to Sydney to watch his son make his origin debut for Queensland. Rick, oh, my God, what an honour. Yeah, well, he's, um, mate, honestly, without injury, I, I think oh, myself, I myself, he would have played earlier because yeah. he was in with all the lads. They're in there now, Paddy and Flegler and all them and the junior kangaroos and all that sort of stuff, and they played pre-2018s and 20s together most of them, but the Corey's had a few bad injuries since then, so slowed him up a little bit. Mate, we are talking today too about redheads. Redheads in a team, every team needs one. What what is it about <laughs> about the redheads? Uh, I suppose just the, uh, the the anguish they bring. I suppose they hate losing. I know the boy hates losing. Yeah, yeah. Every, from, every team's got to have a good ringer. Okay. What's that, mate? Where does he get that from? The hate of losing. Uh yeah, unsure. Probably his mum wouldn't be me. <laughs> 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 Come on, what else? What does he get from you? Oh, it's just his strikingly good looks, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I've been I've been rugby league all my life. Yeah. Uh, I suppose the kids were down there when they couldn't walk on the nappies. That mate, the boy used to come and train with everybody. I used to coach, and they all know the boys. And when he was even four and five, he used to train with his older brother's side, which is the president of the club that Bribey coached. Yeah. And, mate, there was times there that he'd just be – he'd be just like, look, look what that kid's doing. Like, they'd be doing tackling drills and he'd be the only one leaving the ground doing the, the run-up tackles. And he just said, there's something wrong there. The only one leaving the ground is a five-year-old. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, mate. Well, there we go. We're getting an insight on on, on where and how that, 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 that steely, fiery passion comes from, which we're going to see tonight wearing the Maroon jersey. Rick, I, I'm, you know, being a dad myself and, and so many listening right now, we, we do the, the sporting runs over the weekends and during the week to training. But with Corey, you had it more than most because, yes, rugby league, and that's where he's found his niche now, but it wasn't just rugby league as a kid, was it? No, it's uh, well. They all done little A's, but from I think it was little uh, A's. Hang on. So what was he, what was he good at athletics? Was 
Yeah, all, all the kids done little A's, man. I really put that down to them like he's excelled, but all the kids got state medals for that because we were, right. mate, you know, when you, get, when you get involved with four kids, I was a center manager and the wife was running the canteen and, yeah, we were there for 15 years. But, um, yeah, Corey, Corey got a state medal for pentathlon and athletics where the sisters got race water medals and shot putting discus and javelin records and, and medals and sort of thing. But, um, yeah, from that, then 10s, 11s and 12s, he played rugby union as well for both Caboolture. Yep. So once he got to thir- uh, 13s in union, it changed his days because they go like a, the next level up. So couldn't do both of them then. So then he went to AFL, played AFL for, I think it was 14s, 15s and 16s. Yep. And they actually won, they won three premierships, I'm pretty sure, with the AFL, like he's in with a good bunch of kids. But I always played him up an age, actually, in the union because his D was so good that, and, and then I knew a fair few of the dads in a year above too. So he played a year above every year in Union. So made rep for sort of them, rep for Union, rep for – he was AFL was in the Lions Academy. So, uh, mate, he made rep cricket. He made rep touts. He's, uh, yeah, he was good at his sports. His older sisters and brothers didn't enjoy everything he could do. <laughs> <laughs> Sibling rivalry alive and well in the Horsburgh household. We are speaking to Rick Horsburgh, who is Corey's dad. Or is Corey your son, Rick? How, how do we play this today? Because you 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 are you are everywhere. You're here on SEM with us. You're going to be on the TV tonight. Yeah, I suppose it's with me, the father. Yeah, yeah, nice. He, he, can, he, he can have his time in the in the light tonight. <laughs> Hopefully, when he scores a try, the winning try for Queensland tonight for the whitewash. Has he got any try celebrations for Try July cooked up? Has he let you in on any of that, if it happens? Oh, mate, I'm, I'm not sure. He doesn't like me talking footy to him, mate. He said, Dad, I live footy. That's why I think he talk, likes talking to Mum more than Dad because Mum talks about life where I live my footy through him, I suppose. So I like to talk footy and he sometimes hangs up on me because he gets angry with me. <laughs> I don't want to talk footy, Dad. I live it. So, yeah, I get in trouble sometimes, but that's life. Mate, this is a fascinating insight. So talk to me about the, the Lions, because you said the Lions Academy. Like that was he, he was on their radar, and we're talking in the same, the same sort of intake, the same sort of group as your um, Eric Hipwoods and, and that era. Mate, I'm pretty sure that Eric Hipwoods about the same age as him. Yeah, and they were together there because mate, I live a couple of terms. We work and that as well, so they wanted him at four o'clock two days a week in the other side of town and with traffic and that, mate, I used to take him about once a month because I just couldn't get him there and they'd put him through all the drills and, mate, they were, apparently they reckon he could make the draft at 14 with his agilities, like he was, yeah, the agility drill, he was the quickest and uh, they have a three-step sort of jump. He They give, like, as on their toes and then a three-step jump. He was he apparently won that. At the 2K, he was in the top, like, half a dozen, probably in the middle about the 40-metre sprint, but... They were they were happy with everything he's doing. They mate, he's got lines jerseys through all the covers and that. But yeah, he just I just said at sixteen, mate, you got to decide. And he was always going to take like rugby league, but he's always loved rugby league. Well, was it the sixteens where he did play two grand finals on the one day, one in AFL and one in rugby league? Yeah, well, I had to see his coach in the AFL and take him off before the end of the game to leave to get to the league. And then his league, then his league coach, his league coach found it after the game. He goes, "I knew there was something wrong, Corey. Never cramps up." And the, so he cramped up and struggled for the last probably quarter of the grand final for the league. Who 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 was that playing for? Was that playing for Redcliffe and and Caboolture? Caboolture in the yeah. AFL? Yeah, no. Yeah, Caboolture in AFL and yeah. Redcliffe in the league. Yeah. 
Oh, sorry. Mate, I'm just trying to get my head around the logistics. I've got half the problem. I had only at the one time, I've had two kids playing sport. Got three, but only two playing at one time. You've had to manage four. What were the logistics like on a weekend and weekdays at your place? Uh, yeah, fun. And most of the time was both days as well. But yeah. the oldest daughter played footy as well and coached footy. So we were, mum would go one way, I'd go one way. One kid would go with a coach and if we could work it, hopefully one game was later so we could all go to the last game. And, yeah, it was weekends were fun. I remember we bought a Tarago when we got the four kids. <laughs> and when those kids were all grown up, mate, that thing was – it was destroyed. <laughs> Mate, all the kids jumping around the seats and everything, opening and shutting doors. And, yeah, she was destroyed when I took her to the wreckers. <laughs> Great memories, Rick. And I reckon there'll be a lot of people listening that can that can actually sort of tap into this and go, yeah, that, that sounds like it is at our place. And, and mate, to see Corey go on and to, to reach the pinnacle – I mean, I know premierships are up there, and that's what he'd be vying for at Canberra. But, geez, state of origin debut. That's I'm getting tingles just thinking about it for you. Oh, mate, it's yeah, it's huge, man. awesome, and and there's something that you know, that the boys strive so hard for, and that's I think he put it that as a pinnacle. Moreover, even play for Australia is Queensland State, right? That's what I want to do. I want yeah, to play, wow. and he's he knows that jersey's mine from tonight. I get that to get framed to go on the wall here at home. <laughs> All right. How many jerseys of his at home do you have? There's quite a collection. Oh, what I got his debut jersey for the both for Canberra and the Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. I got um, under 12s, under 18s, and two under 20s Queensland jerseys framed. I got his junior Kangaroos. He's Australia B. When they smashed France and their grand, their grand final lost jersey, they're all framed on the walls. <laughs> have, you, have you run out of space? Have you got to put an extension on the house to get to get, find more room? <laughs> uh, well, as, as my mates around playing cards there about a month ago, I said, have you got any other kids? Is this a shrine? <laughs> <laughs> but t- t- tell me your wedding photos up. Uh, no, what do oh. I have them up for? <laughs> Have we got one up somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> Mum. <laughs> All right. I, I won't delve into there. Mate, big day ahead of you. What, what's your what's the rest of the day look like for you? About to jump on a plane. Yeah, well, I've got to, we've got to get to the airport. We've got to do an interview there. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get to Sydney, do an interview there. <laughs> and then hopefully I'll get a couple of hours rest. And then we can go and enjoy the game. Go tear our heads off tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've got all the kids sort of around around Sydney, so hopefully we can catch up before. But if we don't, we'll all be at the footy together. But his his sister will drive from Canberra, but his younger sister, his younger brother, his older brother are down there already. Oh, uh, oh no, and his older sister, she's there as well. Uh, grandkids, no, his nieces and nephews, and that they're down there. So yeah, we'll have a he he bought twenty, and I know. Matty Tomoko and a few of his mates from Canberra will be there as well. Matty got the afternoon off training off Ricky, so go watch Corey. But, um, oh, uh, mate, yeah, you're a good crowd there, mate. We'll, yeah. yeah, we'll have a good 24 odd there cheering in our little section. How do we spot you in the crowd? You got anything planned, signs, wigs, anything like that? Mate, I've actually got the old Maroon members wigs there, but I got me, mate, have you seen me at the Raider, me Raiders shirt? No. I've got a Raiders pineapple shirt, a Hawaiian shirt, so I went and bought myself a Queensland. <laughs> I, went, I went and bought myself a Queensland Hawaiian shirt to wear. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, I mean, there's only there's only 70,000 tickets sold. It's not a sellout tonight, but we'll be able to spot you, I reckon, right there, front oh. and centre, cheering him on. Mate. Mate, 
Yeah. I have got something else that he's going to say. Whether one he's one of his mate from Canberra yeah. has got a big picture of his head. We've got a, a dozen white shirts with his head on the front of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is outstanding. We'll be we'll be watching tonight. We'll be cheering him on. But he he he's about to make his origin debut. He's already a cult hero, and I reckon just getting a sense talking to you, I can see where it's all come from, mate. It's uh, it's a, it's a. It, I know the sacrifices as a parent. This must be paying off for you in spades, but uh, we um, yeah, we just wish him and the rest of the family all, all the all the best tonight, mate. Yeah, for sure, mate. Where hopefully that three nil whitewash and he can see many spot in that Queensland side for many years to come. Be awesome. Yeah, well said, Rick Horsburgh. Good luck. Twenty. Oh, it's nine fifty three. This uh, this Origin morning, Origin three here on SENQ. Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call 131355. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, four minutes past ten. Thanks for your company. Origin Day, Origin 3, a clean sweep is on the cards. How good is this? 131355 0467 736 736. Uh, outside of Origin, and it does tie into it. I'll be actually I'll be I'll be interested to get Mal Meninga's take on this. The Origin Oracle himself coming up in just a moment. But uh, we're talking our greatest athlete since Kathy Freeman, our greatest athlete of this century. Uh, and the text line is blowing up, which is outstanding. Um, the, the one thing we need to make sure and we clarify is our criteria. It has to be from this century. Oh, I've been getting a few through, which is absolutely outstanding. Um, some saying Mick Doohan, great, but his main body of work was in the 90s, wasn't it? Um, we did get one for Bev Francis. I went, hey, bodybuilding and shot put. Look it up. So I did. But Bev Francis was back in the, well, definitely in the 70s and the 80s. And, yeah, she represented us in bodybuilding and, and shot put. But the argument is that Sam Kerr is our greatest athlete since Kathy Freeman. And that's what sparked it. It was an article written in Code Sport that we had a look at and, um, So our criteria set are, yes, it's got to be a game that's played on the world stage and has a massive reach. I sadly rule the line through rugby league. It is massive here in Queensland and New South Wales. We know that. And it's massive in the north of England. We know that. PNG, yes. But outside of that, it does start to fall down. When you look at other sports like tennis and golf and and football, soccer, uh, hockey, India, China, the US, they've got to be involved in the sports that we're talking about, just on the sheer base of population. Um, This one coming through, Pam, very good morning to you, listening from Newcastle. Pam, outstanding. She said, Ben, definitely Ash Barty. Played tennis and cricket. And go the Maroons tonight. Ah, Pam, very good. Very brave of you down in Newcastle to be saying uh, uh, go the Maroons. Uh, Benny Cam Smith hasn't made it to number one. John, thank you. Um, You're right. Slip of the tongue from them uh, from me. I did say Adam Scott and Cam Smith in the same breath as our golfing number ones, but no, no, it was Jason Day who was world number one. So thank you. Uh, Cam Smith made it as far as number two in the world. Didn't quite reach number one. Um, Oscar, who's close to us here in the Valley, he says Alex Volkanovsky and isn't even close. So he has put down the UFC. Is it UFC? Is that what it is? UFC? MMA? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm. And I know he's just um, stormed all in over the last couple of weeks, but um, UFC, does that count? 
Maybe it does. I, I'm old school. I, I think UFC is a mishmash of a million different sports and a million different styles. Um, boxing, yeah, it's its own style, has its own rules, been around for millennia. Uh, UFC, uh, I'm still putting it in the realm. It's not It's not WWE, I know that. I'm going to get hit here, aren't I? But I just don't put UFC up. It's more entertainment rather than sport. I'm sure Alex would probably... Uh, argue that against me. 13, 13, 55, Keep them coming through too. Oh, and our team of redheads. In fact, my next guest played with a few as well. Meninga will go into the corner. Great try, Queensland. Think- Mel Meninga. Ah, uh, Mal, very good morning to you, mate. Morning, Ben. Orange. How's your little break, mate? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that no, was good. Thank you. Yes. Recharged, refreshed, got away with the family. So, and even, Excellent. even ventured into New South Wales for a little bit, but we quickly got out of there after realising we'd taken a wrong turn. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but Tenterfield is nice at this time of year. Uh, mate, it is. great to be back talking to you. C- clean sweeps on the agenda. Uh, so much to talk about coming into this team, but sadly, most of the, uh, into this game, but sadly, most of the talk is around New South Wales, what they've done, who they've picked, because Queensland, it's just all plain sailing. You, you would have loved to have plain sailing as an origin coach, wouldn't you? Um, well, that's the idea, in my opinion. You know, say so stability's key, cohesion's key, particularly through a three-game series. And, you know, I heard what how, what Brandy mentioned around you know, three grand finals. You, you want to try and keep your same same team together as much as possible through those series. Obviously, there's injuries and things like that, suspensions perhaps, that may... You know, force a change, but um, yeah, you try to, in my mind anyway, try to be as consistent with your selection as you possibly can. So New South Wales have made seven changes. Uh, <laughs> that's not consistent. Yeah. Holy no. smokes. No, you know, I mean, obviously they've got their reasons. Um, yeah, the team, the players they've picked, they're all great players. They're all good players, you know. Um, obviously they've got an attacking mindset. They haven't scored enough points through origin. So, you know, Cody Walker comes in. Um, yeah, he's, uh, when you talk about try assists, he's second, you know, line break assists, he's first in the competition. So he'll add something, some starts to their left side attack. Uh, Bradman Best outside him, you know, Addo Carr's outside him, you know, Liam Martin, who's a attacking weapon. So obviously they've got this attacking mindset and then, but they, then they bring in like a Jake Tavojevic, you know, he probably would have been there if fit and healthy. Mm. And the same with Regan Campbell-Gillard. You know, defensively, they're outstanding. They just do their work. Um, they hold up the middle. So, yeah, I think, you know, the middle's going to be fairly tight tonight. Or, yeah, tonight. And then, obviously, you know, they're going to try to use the ball a bit, I would suggest. James Tedesco, Mal, and it's something I've been floating over the over the last hour, and we've had texts come through. Um, the currency of the captain or the currency of captaincy if you were putting together an origin team now, James Tedesco's form, would he yeah. would he make it? Well, yeah, because that's that's the way we pick things <laughs> above the border. You know, we, we, we remain loyal and faithful, you know, so we have have faith in, in players. So, I mean, he's the captain. Uh, he's the fullback. Um, when you look at his stats, you know, he's done pretty well uh, in both games. Um, but, you know, you let... You, you, know, you you persevere with him and um, with the new team. Obviously, that's not going to help in my mind. But um, you know he'll rip and tear at home tonight, um, and then you make those tough decisions. I reckon, you know, of the over, over the off season. You know, you got twelve months to make those decisions. You see how Teddy goes. You know, the back end of the year, 
um, and then the, the early part of next year to, to make those that tougher decision. That's probably what I would do. See, his form in the back end of the year could be really good, but just right now he's 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 not he's not there or thereabouts. Yeah, but you know you go on his you go on history, Ben. You know, I mean, yeah. he's been their best player, New South Wales' best player, nearly the world's best player for a number of years now. You know, um, why isn't he playing well at the moment? You know, I mean, or is he not playing well? Is he not having the impact that he normally does? Um, it's a team sport, Ben. You know, you got to look at. Uh, the forwards, you know, how much m- momentum they create for your outside guys. Um, mm. You know, he's still trying trying his hardest, you know, with his runs and his metres and his tackle bus- busts. He just haven't, you know, the, t- the team hasn't clicked, to be honest with you. Um, they haven't scored enough points. You know, they scored six points last game, you know, so that's not his fault. Um, you know, whole, the whole team, we got the halves, the halves, this is the third halves, pairing the heads through the whole series and... In Moses and Walker, you know, so um, it, it has been it has been a little bit difficult for New South Wales, but the, like I say, keep on saying the closer you have to, um, you know, you, you keep the team as close as you possibly can to how you first selected them, because that obviously um, that strengthens you know the team as they go forward because they get used to playing with each other. Yeah, and the fact they made seven uh, seven changes is just throwing uh, all, all that out the window. And, and look, I, I know we don't want to be talking up New South Wales or talking too much about them, but but, <laughs> we, but we, we, I mean, every hero needs a villain. We we need to have the competition there. We need them to be competitive to make Origin what what it is. And uh, it's you know the fact they've made seven changes. Um, the the captain is under a lot of scrutiny. They've got their backs against the wall. That, that it feels like desperation for them, and that's what worries me. Mal, instead of Oregon. Well, I, I don't. I don't disagree with you, Ben. You know, so you know. Again, just part of it, this conversation we're having this morning is all around. No panic, stay calm, be composed, be stable. You know, keep your team together. Um, you know, motivation won't be a, a factor when you when you come in, particularly Acor uh, Stadium. You know, so it's a home 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 ground. There's nearly a sell sell out crowd. Um, you know, I you know I, I would think that you know the players that have been in the series, they wanted another chance to be at home and, and prove to all their fans and to each other that they've got what it takes to win an Origin game. Mal Meninga, my guest, uh, as he is every Wednesday, the Kangaroos coach, the Origin Oracle, if you like, the most successful coach in Origin history. Mal, Corey Horsburgh, we just spoke to a very excited dad last uh, last <laughs> hour. Rick's on his way down. Excellent. He's got wigs. They've got about 20 to 30 already coming. There's a lot of Raiders contingent coming along to, uh, yeah. to see Corey. So besides being a Canberra Raider, what else do you like about him? Big Red. No, he's... <laughs> Uh, it's his, he's built for origin. No, honestly, um, you know, I'm really happy for him. He uh, deserves to be in the team. You know, he's worked and he's played really well all year, you know. So, I mean, he'll just bring that passion. I, I love his passion, you know. Obviously, he gets that from his pet, his dad. Seeing dad, you know, cry the other day was, you know, that makes everybody else cry, doesn't it, you know. So, and then Ricky, he cries, you know. So, uh, I, you know, he's going he's gonna to play one hell of a game tonight. He's just a, a super player. Loves Queensland, loves the Maroon jersey. Yeah. Um, you know, will give his all, which is fantastic. And we we heard about the athletic prowess that he had as as a kid. We we know the story about him playing AFL. He was part of the Lions Academy in the same sort of intake as Eric Hipwood. So AFL was high on the agenda. He played rugby union, but little athletics as well. He won state medals 
in pentathlon. Mal. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he is an athlete. You know, he doesn't look it, but no. he is. You know, so he gets across <laughs> the park. He plays big minutes. He's got his very skillful footwork. You know, so he's tough as as buggery. You know, so yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I'm hoping that he, you know, obviously he sets the the Origin world on fire, and he's mm. there for many, many years to come. That's that's I rate him that highly. I think he's a great player. Outstanding. Uh, who's your favourite redhead to play with? Oh, fatty, easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was the only one back then. Oh, really? Yeah. Gary Prickett, you know, I, I think I, I played one or two games with him when he was when he was hooker um, back in the old BRL days. There's something about him, isn't there? The Redheads, the Rams. Yeah, there is. Yeah, they they don't let you down. We like that. We like that. Yeah. Uh, 13, 13, 55, 0, 4, 6, 7, 7, 3, 6, 7, 3, 6. Uh, Remiss of me to say, if you've got any questions for Mal, now is the time to ring them through, text them through, and uh, get his take on on Origin, Origin 3, Origin Clean Sweeps, which we're about to go down that path now. Mal Meninga here, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. All right, Mal, Clean Sweeps. Hasn't been done since 2010. Uh, the last time uh, Queensland did it, the last time anyone did it, you were in charge. You you had a few bites at the cherry before getting a clean sweep too, didn't you? Yeah, we did. No, 07 and 09, um, we had a crack at it, um, but uh, failed. Um, it's tough, man, honestly. Um, you get through. It's only been done you know, seven times out mm. in 43 years, you know. So, you know, Queensland has done it four times and New South Wales has done it three times. And... Um, I think uh, New South Wales have had eleven goes at it, and we've had we've had nine or something, you know. So, you know, it's, so it's yeah, it's it's tough to do. It's you know to, to keep your focus, um, you know, to be to do your best preparation, you know, get you mentally prepared you know, to go into a last game that you know you're already two nil up, you've already won the series. It's difficult to do, and um, it's a big job for the team to. To get the clean sweep tonight, you know. So, um, and then you got New South Wales who wants to prove a point, you know, playing at their home ground, and, and they've had a lot of success. And New South Wales at uh, at home bush, you know, they have won eight out of thirteen games, you know. So, mm-hmm. it's um, it's a difficult thing to do, and you know, about ball's got to go, you go your own way, but you got to work hard for your luck. You may have just touched on it, but what was the big difference or made something that you made sure the lessons learned from 07, 09 that you brought into 2010 to, to make sure that the, the human nature didn't creep through? Yeah. You know, you, well, you, it yeah. is human nature. Um, and it, it's human nature that took over in 10 because you know, we said a, we, after 09, 07, 07, we lost well, three players in the, in the decider. Uh, we lost Dallas Johnson pretty early. I think it was Greg Inglis. We lost with a knee injury and then... Brent Tate, obviously that horrific knee injury, you know, before half time. So, realistically, we only had one on the bench that particular night, um, and we were courageous, but we weren't quite good enough. Oh um, nine, oh nine, our preparation in game three, you know, was poor, um, and you know, for me, I, I probably contributed to that as well in a way, you know. So I allowed it to happen. So, but we sort of made a, a point going into. You know, 2010, that we weren't going to let that happen again, and so motivation was the key in 2010. We'd never done it before uh, as a group, so you know we knuckled down and we made that a a, um, a goal for us right from you know before game one. So it wasn't win every game. We wanted to win the series three 0 Yeah, had it uh, had it down, had it down early. 
Um, yeah. Mount tonight, we, we, we see a new fullback in AJ Brimson. He's been there and done it before. Um, how, how much does that, does, does the spine get disrupted to that? Or is there even something that uh, he can bring that, that, that Reese Walsh doesn't? Uh, well, the, the smart thing what Billy's done and the coaching staff has, has done is they brought AJ in game two, you know, so he was doing a lot of lot of work and understanding, you know, the, their plans and strategies and, and plays at the back and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, he's not a Reese Walsh, he just, he's got to be an AJ Brimson, you know, so he's tough, he's uncompromised, he runs the ball hard, um, he's passionate about what he does, he just, that's all he needs to bring, he doesn't need to bring a, a Reese Walsh type game, he's not a Reese Walsh, um, he's he he'll just um, he he sees things. Um, he's he's buzzing around the ball all the time. He's an effort effort player, um, and he'll love the opportunity you know, to put the Maroon jersey on. Now, before I let you go, um, I started the show off today, and it was something that we, we I gave them homework yesterday to talk about this. Uh, Australia's <laughs> greatest athlete. So Australia's greatest yeah. athlete since Kathy Freeman, and it was it was flagged yesterday in an article, which uh, I sort of it jumped out at me, and I went, "Oh, really?" Because they suggested that it would be Sam Kerr, yeah. and, I, and and then you sort of stop and you think, you go, "Well, all right, well, she's ticking a fair few boxes here, top of a game in in, in world football, which is played all over the globe." Like every single country pl- plays soccer. Uh, she's captain of the Matildas. She's about to go to a fourth World Cup. It is here in Australia. So there's an argument for Sam Kerr. But since 2000, since Kathy Freeman, who who would you suggest is Australia's greatest athlete in any code, in any sport? Globally, it's Sam Kerr. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Honestly. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, Cam Smith. I mean, I'm a avid fan of Cam Smith, but, mm. you know, Football he hasn't got to number one, as you've just mentioned. Oh, no, Ash the, Barty go- the was, golfer, yep, yep. Yeah, the golfer, Cam Smith, the golfer, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then um, oh, Ash Barty, obviously, you know, offered to come into that into that um, conversation. Uh, but, you know, Ash has retired, um, retired early, you know, mm. uh, for, for her reasons. I just think Sam Kerr has been outstanding for long. I think longevity is a really good key to you know, personal success. And she plays in a team sport, obviously, but she's had, you know, personal success at club and in national level. You know, like you said, she's captain her country at the moment and, mm. um, and and doing very well, you know, rated one of the best players in the world and has been for a long time. So, you know, from a... You know, globally, I feel, and soccer's a global sport, as we know, um, Sam Kerr would be our finest athlete at this stage. Be right up there. Ash Barty, 121 weeks, yes. Let me check those. Yeah, 121 weeks is world number one. She's won yeah, three Grand great, Slams. Yeah. yeah. And and actually, that, that was one thing that I wonder where the waiting sits, Mal, just in your mind, about individual sports as opposed to team sports. Oh, I think individual probably above yeah. team because, you know, team can help, obviously. But then, yeah. may you talk to Ash and... You talk to all the individual sports, you know, the golfers, you know, they've got a team around them anyway, don't they? You know, True, so yeah. they're, they're relying on <clears throat> on their support groups, you know, the coaches and, you know, the, all the medical guys, you know. So, yeah, it, it's it's a bit different. Um, but you talk about, you know, I mean, both global sports, you know, golf, you know, tennis and, and, sp- and soccer, obviously, you know. So... Um, I'm a, I was a great admirer of Ash Barty, the way she... Just the way she goes about... Um, you know her success, and same with Sam in a world, in a way. You know she's very humble, and I love that humility in in people. Um, and I think you know being humble is a really tre- tremendous trait because it actually helps you stay at the top because you know, you're not getting too far in front of yourself. So those two women are 
are exceptional athletes and, and role models. Well said, Mel. Well said, mate. Enjoy watching tonight. Um, I cannot wait to... Well, we'll hear you tomorrow on the throwdown as well, just to dissect uh, uh, a clean sweep by Queensland, the eighth team to tour. Yeah. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but let's get ahead of ourselves. And yeah, we'll... let's be humble. Yeah. Come on, let's talk about humility, Ben. <laughs> no, I'm hey. just... It's Nostradamus. It's just predicting the future. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear indeed. I know. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. You're making me check myself, and I'm glad. I'm glad you're in my corner. Mal, always a pleasure to chat, mate. We'll, uh, uh, we'll do it again next week. Mount Meninga, all thanks, thanks to crew, all thanks to uh, Chemist Warehouse. Rush in to Chemist Warehouse, get half price off the Synovus vitamin range. It does exclude bulk sizes, but get yours today. 23 minutes past 10, Origin 3. Get the Bon Jovi song ready, that's right, because we are halfway there to midday today. At 10.36, Origin Wednesday. Smashing Pumpkins? Is that right? Yes. There there we go. Slam and Sam pressing the buttons with his Origin pump-up songs. Not bad for a New South Welshman, I suppose. Uh, we are standing by to hear from Cameron Smith, the footballer, assistant coach of Queensland, as they go on their traditional walk, the morning walk, before uh, the big game tonight. Once uh, Cam pops his head up down in Parramatta, we'll bring that to you as well. We're going to talk some greyhounds very shortly, but just on the back of what Razor phoned in for, yes, Brisbane is the sporting capital of Australia. And this is according to the BCW Index. And no, it's not the place you can go get your rum and your beers and all that stuff and the wine on the way home. No, 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 not BWS, BCW. Who? Well, they are a Swiss-based global communications agency and, and they do a ranking each year on sports or on cities and how they integrate sport, how they integrate sporting events into their strategies to become great cities, um, how they capture the public's attention and imagination by promoting the events and getting them well up versed before they happen and forging partnerships with the biggest sporting brands. Now, the top 10, they're the ones you probably think of. Paris, LA, London, New York, Manchester. Well, they're the top five. Melbourne used to be in the top 10, but it is tumbled. It has dropped down to 23 in the world. But sitting in 15th, drum roll please, brrr, yes, Brisbane. That's right, Brisbane is 15th on the list. It's the highest ranked city in this country on that global index of being the sporting capital. Sporting capital of Australia. Sydney is ranked 44th. No one else in the top 50 in Australia. Gold Coast, 86th. So on that criteria, we lay claim, Razor, to be the sporting capital of Australia. So move over, Melbourne. Yes. And you know what? I'm about to talk some greyhounds now, and this is where we bring in Luke Gatehouse, all thanks to our new partners, Brisbane Greyhound Racing. Um, Luke, what just happened last week is one of the reasons why Brisbane has the sporting capital tag because of um, the historic night out there at Albion Park, a million-dollar race. Yeah, you're right there, Ben, and I, I think we did lay claim to the... Uh, the best greyhound racing carnival in Australia as well last week with finishing off uh, our seven-week carnival. We've had uh, great feedback from trainers all over the country who have said 
that uh, we've taken Greyhound Racing to a whole new level with our Winter Carnival. It was just a great night last Friday night. Yeah, fantastic concept, concepts, along with the, the, the state of origin, um, when you had Benny Hannant and, uh, and Terry Hill as, as coaches. Again, it's just a, a new and interesting way to, to get uh, the states involved, to get trainers involved, and to get fans involved. Yeah, and we had... had uh, dogs and trainers from all over the country. The big race, the Million Dollar Brisbane Cup, was taken out by Elite Machine from WA, and uh, we had a fair few WA visitors, and the honours in the stayers went to New South Wales with Palawa King for Jack Smith, who has a couple of uh, famous dogs to his name in Jungle Juice and Feral Frankie. He loves coming up here in winter, and he took out the, the Queensland Cup from Queensland and locked on Scotch in the last stride. Oh, outstanding. And I know off track as well. Boom, Cash Hopper there. They're one of my favourites from way back. And that was that was awesome. How did how did the fans react to having the having the having um, Boom Crash Hopper in, in town? Yeah, I think that's what led to to what was probably the biggest crowd since I've been here and this was my eighteenth Brisbane Cup, so uh it's the biggest crowd I've ever seen Delbian Park and yeah, the Boom Crash Opera rocked them before the main race and then after the last race, they kicked on again. So, yeah, it was a party atmosphere and similar to uh, the way Suncorp Stadium was a couple of weeks ago. It was just a, a big party in the second half and that's what uh, the crowd did here. Ah, oh, beautiful. I love that tie. Now, on the origin, Queensland got up. We had, as I said, Benny Hannett and Terry Hill in, in studio talking before uh, the, the series there. And, and Ben Hannett, I mean, he's doing a Billy Slater. He, he's two from two as is, is origin coach in this in this series. Yeah, the, the D word started to come out, Dynasty, when, uh, <laughs> when we took took the honours again. And Terry Hill, he did go back to New South Wales with his tail between his legs because uh, he does talk a bit, Terry, as you know, and uh, <laughs> yeah. he's pretty silent after he won the match race. <laughs> it was a great comeback too, wasn't it? it was day, day, um, Days of Thunder? Yeah, Days of Thunder. Uh, no, she... She uh, she won the superstars the following week, so it just oh, kept happening. So disco, it was the, it all came down to the match race in the Origin series, and and our Star Trek record holder Jay is Jay uh, put it beyond doubt with a, a very convincing win in the in the match race. So it was one all going into the finale, and gee, the, the crowd loved it. Oh, fantastic! Uh, days of days of thunder in that superstars, but it came from ten ten lengths back, didn't it? Yeah, and she's she's the size of a whippet. She's 24 kilos, which is really tiny for a, a greyhound, and she's all white, and she dropped out to last, and we thought, oh, she's in trouble here because she was trying to run down three of the best days in the country, and she reeled them in enough straight. And, uh, yeah, I've heard a lot of roars at Albion Park over the last <laughs> seven weeks, but that was a cracker of one as well. Outstanding. Mate. What's coming up? You've had the Winter Carnival. Time to take a breath and uh, and regroup. But what's uh, what's the next thing we can look at uh, as far as greyhounds are concerned? Yeah, we, we regrouped on Saturday morning and we're back racing here on Sunday. <laughs> racing four times a week here at Albion Park. So Beautiful rest. fun never stops. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're back to regular racing basically for the, the rest of July. And then we kick into the Nationals, which uh, we hold our preliminaries up here. And we have a rep from... Queensland in the sprint, the stayers, and also the straight track, and they'll head off to Melbourne towards the end of August for the National Carnival. Outstanding stuff. Queensland flying the flag on uh, on a national stage too. Uh, Luke, always great to talk to you. Luke Gatehouse from Greyhounds Brisbane. Brisbane Greyhound Racing Club. Visit brisbanegrays.com for all function and event information. You just heard of the great things going on there, and remember... 
you win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. It is 10.42 this Wednesday morning, counting down until Origin 3. Quick break. On the other side of this, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we're going to be, all things considered, hearing from Cameron Smith and the Queensland camp. Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call 13 13 55. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. All right, but let's take you straight to Parramatta where Cameron Smith, the assistant coach of Queensland, is addressing the media. Get a read on the best-selling suburbs, cost-cutting tips, local brews and bites. Yeah, it's um, it's been pretty low key this morning um, around the hotel. I've seen a, a few of the boys up and about at the moment and um, going out for their routine game day breakfast together. Um, but look, they're they're in a really good position. They're in a great headspace at the moment. If I'm being honest, they're probably ready to play this game a couple of days ago. Um, you know, the, once again, their their preparation has been fantastic. You know, the coaches are extremely happy with the way they've applied themselves to all the training sessions and they got themselves to a point physically and mentally ready to, to go out and, and play a good game tonight. Is it, has it been as smooth as the as it's been seen? Because it just seems so, not relaxed, but... Yeah. No, it has been and we've been very fortunate. Look, things, um, I guess, across you know all the games that I've been involved in now with, with Billy and JT and Nate and, and Josh... Um, Game two of, of this year was probably the first game that, that we didn't really have um, any curveballs come our way as far as injuries and um, anything like that. But uh, all the preparations have been fantastic. And as a coach, um, or as part, part of the coaching staff, sometimes you get a little bit nervous when, when things are going too smoothly. Uh, but look, they, they've been great. they they work extremely hard at their game. They want to be better every time they get on the training paddock, which is, that's a really impressive trait to have as a group, not just, you know, sort of a handful of players within the team. It's, it's every single player uh, in this squad, including the guys with number 18 and 19. And, you know, thinking back to the days, you know, when this coaching staff were players, that was, that was the key to playing well was preparation. So... They've nailed it once again. <laughs> no, no. Look, that was um, look. It, it was spoken about very early in, in this preparation um, about the opportunity that this this team has created for itself, um, and it's all on the back of the work that the players have put in, um, you know. But from there, it was it was put to bed, um, and the focus and and all of the you know the concentration was about. Yeah, preparing to play a, a good game of football tonight, the best game of football that you know that they'd like to go out and play in this series. If they do that, then they're a chance. Yeah, yeah, no, it's very rare. Um, you know, through that sort of sustained period of success that you know, Queensland had, you know, which I was very fortunate to be a part of. Um, were only able to achieve that once, and that was in 2010. So they are a very rare thing. You know, State of Origin has 
been going now for a long, long time, um, over 40 years, and it's only ever been achieved eight times, four by Queensland, four by New South Wales. So, you know, these opportunities, they do arise, but, you know, winning one, one game is hard enough, let alone, you know, sweeping a series 3-0. They're all aware of what's at stake and, and the opportunity in front of them, but the thing that's impressed me most is that they haven't been hung up on on the 3-0 um, headline or um, you know, the temptation of, of thinking that way. It's all been about being better than what they were in Game 2 and you know if they do that, then as I said, I, they're a good chance. Oh, geez, that's exactly what you want to hear, isn't it? Cameron Smith, uh, assistant coach for Queensland, uh, outside the team hotel down at Parramatta, uh, just talking about that lead-up and, yeah, the, the chance of creating history. But it's not about creating history. It's just about being better than the last game. Where have we heard that before? Oh, that's right. We just heard it from the Origin Oracle. Mal Meninga, Mal's disciples, now in charge. Billy, Cam, JT. They've learnt from the best and they're just emulating that, which is outstanding stuff. Exactly what you want to hear, isn't it? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. We've got doubles to give away to the Sporting Globe tonight. Our exclusive Maroons Origin Party. You can rub shoulders with Matty Rogers, Scotty Sattler uh, and Forbesy as well, who will be doing their call, their Maroons Buyers Call, live from the Sporting Globe tonight. We've got two more doubles to give away. Uh, we'll do that over the next hour. It's coming up to 10.53. Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call 13 13 55. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. Fire up, Fanta Pan! Fire up, Fanta Pants, indeed. Sam, where did you pull that one from? That's good. Good to see uh, Thomas Flegler that was about. Well, he's not there this time, but we do have Corey Horsburgh heading into Game 3 tonight. We had a great chat with his dad, Rick, who right now is in the air on his way down to Sydney to watch his son make his Origin debut, and he's not in his Pat Malone. No, no, the whole Horsburgh family's going. I think there's a tribe of about 20 if you throw in some of his Canberra Raiders teammates, Corey. They'll be there loud and proud. Out and you'll be able to. Well, it won't be won't be easy to miss Rick Horsburgh in the family. He's got a maroon pineapple shirt. If you can imagine that picture, that he'll be wearing it in the crowd tonight. He's going to have the maroon wig on as well. Also, something we'll post up on our social media. Uh, on our Twitter, SENQ, um, on Instagram, uh, we've got a photo of. Uh, a shirt that Corey's teammates, friends, family will be wearing. It's a white T-shirt with Corey's big red head on it. So uh, you'll be able to spot them tonight in the crowd, a group of them, 20-plus, uh, heading there. Every team needs a redhead. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Uh, standing by to uh, lock horns with Matty White again, as we have done at Queensland v New South Wales, state versus state, mate versus mate in the radio wars, simulcasting into each other's programs. We're doing that in about two and a half minutes' time. But this morning I've been asking about Australia's greatest athlete of this century, not over the last century, this century, since 2000. Kathy Freeman put a stamp on it straight away. So since Kathy, after winning the Olympics in Sydney, a two-time world champ, the weight of a nation on her shoulders, who is our best since? On a global stage, 
ticking a few criteria. They have to be at the top of their game in their sport, i.e. a world champion or a world number one, and longevity does count. Uh, Paul has texted her. He said, Jeff Fennick, three-time world champion in different weight divisions. Yeah, outstanding athlete and fantastic what he did on the world stage, but sadly doesn't really fall into that 2000 post category. Jeff Fennick was sort of late 80s, wasn't he? Early 90s. Um, this text coming through, don't know what the name is. said, banging on Ben. Someone suggested McDoohan, and he did most of his work in the 90s, but then so did Shane Warne. Yeah, but Warney was also well into the 2000s. When did he retire from international cricket? Uh, from test cricket was 2007. He went on and still played IPL or in the T20 leagues and played it extremely well, dominant. Uh, and if you're putting Shane Warne into that category, Ricky Ponting's got to be up there, doesn't he? 41 test centuries. Um, Australian captain into the into the well into the 2000s. Um, part of that record-winning team of Test cricket. Now, again, part of our criteria, the, the, the sports that our athletes play to make this list, they have to be sports that are on a global stage. So football, tennis, golf, swimming, sports that I would feel massive markets, India, China, America, they'd have to be part of it. I mean, right there, you've got what – a third of the world's population just there. So they've got to be sports that are big in those countries as well and played by the majority, not the minority, sadly. So we're ruling a line through rugby league. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Matty's on the sunny coast. He says, Ben, will power. He's one of the biggest motorsport racers in the world. He's won that. That's the Indy 500. He's won the IndyCar Championship twice, fifth on the all-time win list, first for the most pole positions, and he stayed in the top of the sport since 2006. There we go. Adding him to the list. Well done, Matty from the Sunshine Coast. Everybody hurts. Sometimes. Just getting primed and ready to welcome in Matty White. Yes, because he would be hurting, as all New South Welshmen would, coming into Origin 3 when you're facing down a clean sweep. Uh, Matty, thank you for that. Uh, it's not a bad uh, choice. We've got Elise Perry on the list, which is fantastic. Will Power, the boy from Toowoomba, now joins that. Um, my nomination in a grand final with Ash Barty would have to be Jamie Dwyer, Kookaburra, hockey player, the Rockhampton Rocket. Between 20, uh, 2016, or 2001 and 2016, he's played more than 300 games for Australia, scored over 200 goals, two-time International Player of the Year. That was in 04 and 07. He was the captain of the world team in 2007. He's won Olympic gold. He's won Olympic bronze, uh, Commonwealth Games gold, uh, World Cups, Champions Trophy, the, the list goes on, and not just once. We're talking multiple times. A two-time World Cup winner, two-time World Cup runner-up, six gold medals at the Champions Trophy, three gold medals at the Commonwealth Games. And again, we know how big a sport hockey is within India. That's huge. So it's ticking a lot of boxes. Keep them coming through. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Ray said, my nomination was for Hugh Bowman. Poor guy educated in New South Wales, forced to wear a blue jumper, smashed it on winks, smashed it worldwide, Japan, Hong Kong, 
Balls while watching his state get smashed by Queensland ladies in a row. Ah, oh, beautiful, Ray. That is perfect timing because it leads us into this. Now, we should be tuning in with Benny Davis. Matty White, a very good morning to you. Hang on, what music have you got for me this morning? Yeah, let's just pump it up, Sam. There we go. Everybody Hurts, R.E.M. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. You know, the most concerning part, Ben, Mm. is that I've been asking my listeners this morning, I'm like... Okay, we're going to do we're going to do our little battle of the broadcasters, and and I came out swinging and ahead of game one, and here we are, the series is gone. Can you give me some ammo? And I've got I've got donuts. I've got <laughs> you've got my, donuts. My you've got seven changes, and we've got a redhead. <laughs> and my loyal and lovely oh, listeners have gone. Yeah, this pain. is all on you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> they've got they've just left me hanging. Um, so, so I'm just fighting this battle by myself with one hand tied behind my back and a series already gone. So can you, can you see that I'm raising the white flag in this argument already? But actually, can I start with this? Can I start with a genuine question? Because it has been raised this morning. Do you get the feel that there might, and I don't know why, but do you get the feel there might be a lot of points on offer tonight? Very much so. I get so. the feel it might be a free-flowing kind of game with a lot of points scored. I, I hope it is. Well, you have picked a, a fairly attacking side, especially the bloke standing yes. in the number six jersey with Cody Walker, hasn't he? We had Mel Meninga on last hour, and, and he was talking about the uh, Cody Walker's stats as far as line breaks, try assists, leading the comp in both those um, in both those stats. So, yeah, you've got attacking. Brabham Best is an attacker, isn't he? So as much as we – as much as we – don't like talking up New South Wales. You you do have a team with points in you. So and and considering the amount of points that we've already scored this series, uh, it's going to be entertaining tonight. And, and I don't know why New South Wales aren't getting behind this, Matthew. How many tickets are sold tonight? Because it's not a sellout, know, is I haven't it? Checked, but I, well, I think it's close. Is it not? That, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> close. Jeez, we got close. We only lost by six, or we only. <laughs> we just close to a sellout, but it's not a sell. See, again, oh, look, I'm trying to. I'm not helping at all, but that's okay. Uh, are you ready to be uh, donning gonna... the maroon tomorrow? Well, hang on, hang on. We have we have we sorted out this this bet because I did I did make it clear at the top of my program this morning that I've never been one that's really you know, sort of bought into the whole, you have to wear this. And I, I always find it a little bit tacky that the, the premiers do the, oh, we're going to do the flag on top of the Harbour <laughs> Bridge and all that kind of stuff. But I, I, it appears as though I've already been dragged into this one. So what, yeah. what, <laughs> what am I doing if, what am I doing? You're improving if, if your wardrobe tonight? is what you're doing. A shirt, okay. scarf, anything maroon. Um, we should okay. get, we should get a maroon jersey. And no, Mal Meninga said, yeah, be got humble. the only one I could put on. Yeah. Oh, uh, Daly Cherry. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. It's got to be the Queensland Maroon rather than oh, Cherry Evans. Okay. Um, look, tell me, seven changes. In all seriousness, do you think this is a better side than games one and two? Uh, in some ways, yes, and in some ways, no. I mean, you've got some, you know, some very big names that are out, and Freddie can only pick those that are that are in front of him. And there's still no Nathan Cleary, there's still no Latrell Mitchell, and there's still no Tom Trebojevic, just to name three. So, 
when you start looking at, at who could be in there, um, I know it's a game of what if is is still, you know, put, putting New South Wales behind the eight ball there. But I love the fact, I, I do like the changes. I like the changes for this game. Um, I like what they're what they're going with. I love the fact that Jake Trebojevic has come back in. I'm interested to see how Bradman Best goes. Sometimes players are just made for Origin. Maybe he's that player. And Cody Walker in the number six jersey, I think, is a massive, massive in for New South Wales. So on the whole, I like the look of the team. Liam Martin and Cameron Murray, you know, wearing the 11 and 13 jersey, no-brainer for sure. So I love the look of the team. Um, I, I, the, the, the continuity of of the Queensland team has got to be a massive concern because, you know, Origin is as much a game of trying to pin the tail on the donkey, isn't it? And you guys haven't had to try and cover all of that stuff that New South Wales have gone through by fault or design throughout the series. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. And AJ Brimson just brings that thing that you can't coach, and that's that's speed and, and pace. So yeah. what we've scored uh, 58 points so far this series, 26 and 32. Uh, I reckon easily 30 points on offer, possibly even for both teams tonight. And I know that sounds like defence goes out the window, but that's how much attacking prowess is on is on show tonight. Um, I, I spoke to I mentioned I spoke to Rick Horsburgh, who's uh, Corey's dad. He, yep. He's on his way down. He's in the air now, flying down to your part of the world to watch his son wow. make his Origin debut. You, you won't miss them. He's got a maroon Hawaiian shirt with pineapples on it. He'll be wearing a, a maroon wig, but also the Horsburgh clan. There's about 20 of them, plus mates coming in from Canberra, uh, the Raiders of where Corey's uh, plying his yep. trade. They'll be wearing white t-shirts with Corey's head on it. So, oh dear. so yeah, so they'll they'll stand out. The the, the big red head is is going to be um, punching through. But we just don't know how talented an athlete he was. But we've heard the stories of how, as a sixteen year old, he was part of the the Lions Academy in AFL. Like Eric Hipwood, he he was in that sort of intake into the Lions Academy. Had to choose between rugby union, rugby league, and AFL. Chose rugby league as a sixteen year old. Played a grand final. Sorry, played two grand finals on the same day, one in AFL and one in rugby league. But speaking to Rick earlier today, he said, oh, yeah, they all did little athletics when they were a kid. He won some state medals. I said, hang on, what? Athletics in what? He goes, pentathlon. (laughs) What? (laughs) Is there anything Corey Horsburgh can't do? He hasn't even played Origin yet, but come on. (laughs) Wow. I wonder, I mean, gee, there's one for the trivia buffs. Let's get Dave Middleton on the line. Has a pentathlete ever represented <laughs> Queensland in state of origin? I mean, <laughs> as of eight oh five tonight, <laughs> he will. Yeah, so, he will. Yeah, so look out for the big redhead. And as we know, every team needs a redhead. How many redheads have you got up, Matty, in your team? Yeah, no, uh, exactly. We're redheadless. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, hey. There's mate, maybe. Maybe just some, maybe you'd be getting on to Brad Fitler, actually, whoever's going to be coaching next year, and just say, uh, mm. we need some redheads. Need to find a redhead. Yeah, where do we go? <laughs> Alan Surely Tung, is he still playing? On that. Tung, he's still playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's got a market somewhere on the redheads coming back in. Look, you know, as much as we, as we would love to see uh, down here a lot of points scored because there hasn't been many in this uh, New South Wales team to date. Mm. It was pointed out very, very well by one of my listeners who's who's a uh, Blues supporter but a Munster supporter as well and Ooh. said the scary thing is if there's points on offer tonight, Cameron Munster will love that open space and away he goes, oh, not yeah. to mention, you know, pick a name, any name really in the back line there. But the, the performance of Cameron Munster and, and obviously Daly Cherry Evans will be 
something to watch tonight. Um, you know, I, I asked Matty Johns the other day, go-to players. Let, let's just say, and, and I spoke to Joel Gould this morning, who was up at Redcliffe mm. um, for the Dolphins, and he went down to he went down to Sanctuary Cove and was there for the training session, and he said how Queensland under Billy were um, training under the scenario that it's 20 all with two minutes to go, right? And I thought, okay, who's who are you going to give it to? If it's 20 all with two minutes to go, who do you give it to on your side? And the obvious choice is who directs play, Cameron Munster. I mean, DCE will, will do something to turn around the momentum of the game throughout the course of tonight, yeah. if not many things. But Munster's your go-to guy. And then who's your go-to guy in the New South Wales lineup to do that? And surprisingly enough, you, you go across the other side of the other number six. Is it is it Cody, Cody Walker? Walker? So mm. we, we've spoken throughout this series, Ben, haven't we, about the big moments and what State of Origin is built on, making sure that you deliver in the big moments, but being there for the big moments. And I'm really interested to see tonight, I, I, gee, I hope it gets to 20 all with a couple of minutes to go, who steps up in that big moment. That That's, to me, what Origin is all about. And I'll leave you with this one, Matty. Cameron Munster has, in his by his own lofty standards, has had a fairly quiet Origin series. So look for him to explode. And when you're looking at that last man play, if it's Munster that's covered, well, he'll just shoot it out to DCE or Benny Hunt on the other side. So um, we've got yeah. a few options there. Brilliant. Final one, yeah, prediction? You know, you know what? You know, well, prediction is that Key and Kaloa Matongi runs out tonight with red hair. Uh, <laughs> I believe that he's currently... <laughs> We think it may. So they're all sitting around right now and they're concocting their secret plan. And the secret plan is they're all going to come out um, with with the red hair operating. Look, I think New South Wales do get it done tonight. They have to win. They've got to find a way to win. They're in that scenario where they've just got to win the game of footy. And it's that simple. So I think I honestly think that this team can deliver that. I'm scared um, scared about what you guys can deliver tonight because we've seen what happens when you get the foot down. Um, so I think in the end it'll be close. I'm tipping New South Wales to win by four points. Ooh, New South Wales by four. I think it'll be high scoring. Queensland will create history, become only the eighth team to have an origin clean sweep, the first in 13 years, uh, the first or only the second since 2000. So they don't come along too often. Mal Meninga coached, they had the possibility of coaching them to three and they only – yeah. did one, and guess who was part of those teams? Uh, Billy Slater, Cameron Smith, Jonathan Thurston, mm-hmm. all, all there, and all know the burn and the feel of like, hey, if there's one thing that we need to do, it's clean sweep. So that's where we will go. Matty, I look oh. forward to seeing all the photos and the videos and yes. everything of you with the maroon on, not a manly jersey. It's got to be maroon scarf, beanie, shirt, something like that. So uh, outstanding look, I stuff. Think, I think blue suits you, mate. I really, it brings out the <laughs> colour in your eyes. Um, so I think that'll that'll look really nice on you. Looking forward to it. Happy days. May the best you, team mate. win. There we go. Matty White, state against state, mate against mate. Get involved anytime. Text 0467 736 736 or call 13 13 55. This is Mornings with Ben Davis. No sleep till...
Ah, uh, the Origin Pump Up songs continue. He's only got one more shot of this slam and Sam wearing his blue jersey too, but it's a bit like New South Wales on the field tonight. They've really only got one more shot. All thanks to Macca's proud sponsors of the Little Legends supporting grassroots sports here in Queensland. Look, I thought I'd shine a light on, well, parts of sporting clubs, sporting teams that, that really don't get the coverage that they would on a platform like this. But but one that is so important and so vital for them building successes. And the idea I got from this was off the back of Corey Horsburgh, the fact that the Maroon on making his debut tonight was part of the Brisbane Lions Academy. So he was a gun athlete, cricket, as we've heard from his dad, rugby, AFL, rugby league, but part of that academy. And then what that means for a club moving forward, because all teams and all codes have academies, have development programs, have the juniors coming through. And that's why I wanted to shine the spotlight on this, all with the help of uh, street smarts, uh, drinking, never drive. The consequences are in your hands. I want to head down to the M1, uh, down the M1 to Carrara and find out about the Suns Academy. And obviously there's been a bit going on at the Gold Coast Suns in the last 24 hours, um, which is where I am going to start my first question with Jake Rogers, who's the captain of the Suns Academy. Uh, Jake, good morning to you. Um, obviously it's been a, an interesting 24 hours down in your part of the world. Uh, it certainly has been. Thanks for having me. That's right. The the, the fallout from from Stewie Jew. That what's the? Can I ask? I know I know he wasn't your coach, but being just part of the Suns. What what's the the feeling around that right now? Yeah, obviously um, the boys are a bit flat, and everyone's a bit a bit surprised by it. Um, but yeah, obviously he wasn't my coach, so I didn't have too much to do with him. Um, so, yeah, can't comment on it too much. No, that's fine, because exactly what you're doing at the Academy, though, is is building that success, which we, we heard Stewie had, had done so much of, um, getting players to stay, getting players coming through. There's a really good crop of young players, including yourself, coming through into the Academy. And, and what I love is yeah. that... This is, I think, not only for uh, the, the Gold Coast, but you can even throw the Lions in there too. Qu- Queensland footy is on the rise, is is on the up. We, we've seen Jasper and Will, uh, Will Ashcross, Jasper Fletcher in, in at, at the Lions, but at the Suns, I've seen what you've done too, mate. Just in the in the last uh, in the last uh, few months, especially with the Allies on a national stage, the Allies when you're playing the traditional strongholds of South Australia, West Australia, Victoria. Uh, you have actually won at a national carnival, which is unheard of for the Allies. Yeah, it is. It's the first time we've ever ever won a national. So, yeah, it was unreal. Yeah, loved it. Yeah, and what was the secret to that success, Jake? Um, I think it was more just the group um, from the staff to all the players. I think we, we really gelled together. I mean, I played last year and I think we sort of struggled to, to get that gel between the team with heaps of players coming in and out of the side. So I think it was a great credit to um, Mark Buffet, uh, our coach, who, who really put in strong values for the team. And, and I think we got great success out of out of just, you know, that, that gelling between the team. Nice. What about the Suns Academy? Talk, talk to us what a, 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 a typical day looks like for you in that space. Yeah, so I was fortunate enough to, to do the pre-season with the Suns, um, AFL men's. So I'm sort of involved with that. Um, so I sort of head into Suns 
um, pr- pretty regularly. And then our academy has have a great great system in the, in place there. So I'm I'm like, like I head in at about you know three three thirty, get our prep done, get all our physio screening that sort of stuff done, um, and then yeah we we head out onto the track for an hour or two. Um, yeah, then head head into the gym and smash out some weights. So yeah, it's a good system and. And yeah, it's a, it's a great place to be. How much has it improved your footy? Oh, it's been a it's been a huge help. Um, I mean, as I just spoke about it, it enabled me to play um, at a very high level and gave me great opportunities to get involved with the AFL boys and learn off them, which is <clears throat> really good. And all that training and meetings are simulated off the AFL. So um, yeah, the, the academy has been huge for my development. Outstanding, Jake Rogers, my guest this morning. Uh, Eighteen years of age, Jake. Is that am I right in saying that? Yep. Yeah, 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 just recently. 18, just recently turned 18 and just recently making your uh, VFL debut for the Suns as well. Yeah, that was a great opportunity to get in there and play with some of the AFL boys, yeah. Yeah, what did you learn? What did you take away from that? Um, I think it's more just the intensity and, and the, the speed of the game. I think going from 18s, jumping up to VFL was even a big jump there, let alone going to AFL. So, yeah, just the bigger bodies and, and being able to keep up with the speed of the game. I think I, I adapted pretty well, but, yeah, there's a, certainly a big jump. Nice. Well, it's been a big couple of months for you on that national title, uh, the national championship, and along with the making your VFL debut, but part of the Suns Academy. As I said, it, it's part of it's part of footy clubs, part of sporting teams that is such an integral part on building success for the future because the Suns Academy, there's been so many that have gone through. I mean, do you see the guys that have gone through ahead of you that are now playing in the AFL and think that's going to be, or at least I'd like to be that one day? Yeah, certainly. It's um, for sure something that you think about and seeing seeing those players every day, like Alex Davies, um, who's recently come from, from the Suns Academy um, into the AFL list, it's it's a great 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 to see them um, have success and yeah, it's, it's inspiring for us um, Suns Academy players. Oh, outstanding, mate! Well, you keep uh, keep that inspiration uh, coming, and I'm sure we'll be hearing the name Jake Rogers uh, in the near future, playing up there with the big boys. Uh, he's the Suns Academy captain. Jake Rogers plays in the midfield. Uh, great to have a chat to you, mate. Thank you. It's all thanks to Street Smart, who are getting on board with the Gold Coast Suns Academy too. Uh, great to have them as part of it. Uh, if you drink, drive. The consequences are in your hands. If you're drinking. Never drive. 11.51 this Wednesday morning. I have promised we'll hear from the Australian coach, Andrew McDonald. Uh, there's been so much chat since the third Ashes test at Headingley. What is the makeup of the Australian team going to look like? Does David Warner get a start at Manchester, at Old Trafford? Uh, well, the coach, he wasn't guaranteeing that and said, in fact, he said selection's wide open. But you'll hear that he is a massive fan of Mitch Marsh. It's made a pretty good case. Uh, it's pretty strong. Um, I thought he was outstanding this game. Uh, bit of luck in, in that first innings, but took that. Um, he was positive, showed great intent. Uh, he's a fine player of the short ball, so there's a lot to like about how he matches up against um, England. Uh, and I thought he was impressive with the ball as well. Um, and he's done that before in England with the ball. There's not a straightforward answer, really. Um, you know, Cameron Green's important to the structure of the team as well um, with his all-round capabilities. and. He was left out. It was sort of a, a touch-and-go situation with a minor hamstring, so he's going to be fully fit and available for, for Manchester, so there's nothing to hide there. So, yeah, we've got a decision to make. You've also got to reflect on what the opening partnership's been able to do across the six innings, and there's been three 350-plus partnerships in there. So it's, it's done well so far in the series. 
Yeah, well, there you go. That's uh, Well, the Australian coach, out of that, Yes, the opening partnership has been doing well. It's exactly what Darren Lehman told us yesterday. You can't discount that. If David Warner doesn't score his 66 at Lords, that we don't win that second test, plain and simple. So he wasn't guaranteeing David Warner had a spot. He, 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 out of that, I took that Mitch Marsh, Mitch Marsh is going to play in Manchester. A massive fan. How can you drop him after a century in a session? 1313 Ah, yes, Hell's Bells, Akadaka. We're going to be raining hell down on New South Wales tonight. Eight wins out of their last 13, New South Wales at Homebush. I remember a time where we couldn't win down there. But will Queensland clean sweep the series? You can find out tonight right here on SEN. Download the app. You've got the best of not both worlds, but three worlds. You can listen to the unbiased call straight down the line, or you can program in the Queensland call. Matty Rogers, Scott Sattler and Forbes. He calling that from the Sporting Globe at Logan tonight. Or if you do feel like some cruel and unusual behaviour, you can even listen to the Blues call. Either way, we've got it covered here on your home of sport in Queensland, SENQ. Thank you for your company over the last three hours. I'll catch you next Tuesday from 9am. I'll see you on the telly tonight, so we cannot wait. And all we have to say after this is go... Up, <laughs> yes, go Queensland! <laughs>